Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. What's happening, football fans? Welcome to the final Gagan pod of the season. It's a big one. I kick it off with the goalkeepers union, Mark Schwartzer and Thomas Sorensen. We talk the highs and lows of the Premier League weekend. Schwartzy was at Etihad to chat to the City players and to see them lift the trophy. We make our Premier League team of the season. It's a controversial one, so we call upon Michael Bridges in stoppage time to come in and help us settle it. We talk the best moments of the season and look forward to the Champions League final and all the other football coming up in the months ahead. All that and much more here on the Gagan pod. What's happening, football fans? Welcome to the final edition of the Gagan Pod for the season. It won't be the last one, though, because I'm sure we'll be popping in and out throughout the off-season with all the football happening on Optus Sport. But it is the last one of the regular season. We had a huge final day over the weekend. There's so much to unpack. And I'm joined by Thomas Sorensen and Mark Schwartz of the Goalkeeping Union. Michael Bridges is supposed to join us, but it is nice and early. And maybe he slept in. We're going we're gonna to push on without him at this point. But I'll start with these two gentlemen. We do usually like to bring up some breaks news first thing in the morning. The Premier League's over. Before we do get to all those talking points, because there were plenty, I will go with some breaking news. I will go over to Marky Schwartz, our German correspondent, because Hertha Berlin took on Hamburg again this morning here for Australian audiences for a place in the Bundesliga. It looked like Hamburg would go up after beating them away from home, but Hertha pulled it off. 2-0 win. Was that a bit of a shock? Uh, You know what? If you look at the history of the playoffs... Uh, Köln did it a couple of seasons ago. They lost two 0 away. Uh, sorry, lost two 0 at home, and then in the away game won something like five one. Wow! And then the very next season in the Bundesliga finished third. So it, there's a bit of a history of it happening. Um, yeah. How to? We're missing some key players in in the first game. Um, so obviously for them that was obviously a setback. Losing one 0 wasn't great, but they scored early. I watched the game. They scored early tonight, and for, they never really looked in danger. And then right. you could see the difference between. Uh, you know, first Bundesliga and the second Bundesliga, you just see the golfing class. Um, and therefore, look, I think Hauta in the end deserved it. Yeah, well, well, for our former European Cup winners, Hamburg, they'll have to wait another year. Of course, it is tight down there. you got Werder Bremen, you got Schalke winning it. So there are massive clubs, unfortunate for them, but good for Berlin to have two clubs still up in the Bundesliga. We're going to now turn the attention to what was a crazy weekend of world football, but particularly in the Premier League here. We did have the goal rush for free for all Australia here. Every single goal I was watching it, I, was, I was just didn't know where to look. Didn't know if I was enjoying the relegation battle, the title race. The title race was going out of whack at one point. Tommy Sorry. And what was your highlight of the final day? Oh, you know, just the roller coaster, as you said. You know, the uh, the excitement, just seeing the fans. You know, the the football. You know, we've been missing for the last couple of years. You know, just seeing the faces in the stand of the excitement of Liverpool fans, the belief that suddenly, you know, with Man City being two 0 down and. Uh, you know the title was theirs to to win, and then suddenly you know the, the comeback from from Man City. You know it, it never looked like it. You know the whole game. I think Olsen, the the, the standing keeper for, for for Everton, hardly had a save to make, and then suddenly mm-hmm. out of nowhere, Gundogan. You know what a substitution. Uh, Rodri, who's been brilliant this season. Uh, you know they just again showed that. 
character, what, what a true champion does in, in tight moments. Uh, and the atmosphere there, that said, Mark, you were there. Like, it must have been unbelievable. It was. Uh, it was funny because when that substitution was made and Gundawan was brought on, I was sitting next to another journalist. He was actually from Israel. And we both looked at each other and went, why is he bringing Gundawan on? They need goals. Why, why is he not bringing Jack Grealish on? And obviously who pops up and scores scores the first, obviously Gundawan, and then he scores the winner. So look, um, I suppose he went for an old head, more experienced, and it was brilliant. You know what? I thought City were okay, weren't outstanding, a little bit nervy all game. And I thought... Villa had played up until the 76th minute the perfect away game, away performance. And obviously that combined with Liverpool. Liverpool going behind after, what, three minutes or something in the game. And Liverpool just looked out of sorts a little bit. They looked like they were a bit run ragged, a little bit fatigued. They just weren't They weren't there. And the, 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 the thing about it is, yeah, there was that feeling, even with Man City being 2-0 down, but there was never a moment where, City, uh, where Liverpool were ahead of them. Because Liverpool were either behind or then equal and they needed to win, right? So there was never a moment. So you kind of always felt that I actually was thinking along the lines of both teams are going to miss out on winning, but City are still going to win it. And I thought, what a way for the season to end. And then obviously 76 minute onwards, it just completely changed. Even the first goal went in from City, I still wasn't convinced they were going to come back in the game. It just seemed like it was one of those days where it just might not work for City. Well, when you look at that, you say that they were they were struggling for it. They weren't playing very well. Villa looked perfect. The game plan looked great. 2-0 up. So do you really put it down? You know, Pep Guardiola copped so much stick and he copped it in the Champions League final. He copped it again in the Champions League semi-final for taking players like De Bruyne off when he was winning against Real Madrid. This time, did Pep Guardiola win the Premier League with his mind, Tommy Sorensen? That, that substitution, it finally worked for him. It wasn't too pretty. He got it right. Yeah, you know, he's, he's got it right a lot of times. Uh, and I think, it, you know, again, you know, the, that final a couple of years ago, you know, against our semi-final as well against PSG where he got criticised. You know, I think there's just been some high-profile moments where, you know, the, the press has piled on. But I, I think in general, he, he, he's a, he knows his team so well, his players. And, and it did work from here. So, you know, again... Uh, you know, you've got to give him a lot of credit. Um, and again, you, you look at that Real Madrid game. If Grealish scores, he's got two chances. And that's one of the disappointments. We look at this season, 100 million he was brought in for. Mm. And he can't even get on in this game. You know, so, yeah. so and, and he had those two chances against Real Madrid where he missed. You know, so you, you, you've got to look at it. Now, he's been a disappointment, but, but everyone else, I think, has, has risen to it. And, and again, at the right time came, came good and Guardiola deserves all the credit. I have to say that I think he, I thought Guardiola got it wrong to start with, playing Fernandinho as a centre half and John Stones as a right mm-hmm. back. I think he, I thought he got it wrong. Had Kyle Walker, had Sinchenko both on the bench. I know Kyle Walker just came out from injury, but Sinchenko for me was the ideal player to play at right back, play John Stones at, at centre half. So I think he got that wrong. Obviously, he believed he did as well. It didn't work. He took him off at half time and brought Sinchenko on. Once that happened, actually, Man City looked better defensively. They looked more solid. They looked more in control. Obviously, you know, you know, uh, Villa go two 0 up. They sit back a little bit more. Natural tendency. They look to truly try and hit City on the on the counter. But I think that change made a big difference. Even when Sterling came on, I don't yeah. think Sterling played particularly well when he first came on. He got better when Gundogan came on. So that that substitution, the Gundogan substitution, was the key for me. Absolutely, and and obviously Sinchenko at halftime, but certainly Gundogan was the game changer. 
And I feel like there's a bit of luck involved, really, because if, if City don't score, we're sitting here criticising Pep for putting on Gundogan instead of Grealish. And I think that's maybe what's happened in the past with him. At the end of the day, yes, you can make the subs. Somehow the players just have to pull it out and the ball has to go in. And, you know, we, we, would, sit, we would be sitting here saying Pep's done it again if it didn't go that way. It didn't. He won. He looked quite emotional at full time and the fans invade the pitch and it was happy days for Man City. Tommy, before we do move on on City, though, there's been a lot of, uh, lot of chat in the old Twitter sphere. It's always fun over there, isn't it? Jamie Carragher gets quite involved. Um, you had a fair few City fans, quite high-profile City fans, that were calling him out. Because for Jamie, he said on multiple occasions, he came out saying, you know, you, until you win the Champions League, you're not really considered a top-tier club, right? It's, it's, it's the old-school winding up of Man City fans. But is there any truth in that? Now, he's won it a fair few times. They've been easily the most dominant side of the last decade. But until they win a Champions League, can you put them in the same bucket as Bayern Munich, Juventus, you know, Real Madrid, Barcelona, Man United, Liverpool, can they be at that same level if they don't win the Champions League? You know, I, I think um, I think they, they can to some extent, um, but I think in sport in general, you know, you, you're looking at any sport, like you have to, to win the big prize, uh, I think, to, to really be recognized as the top dog. And I, and I think that's where, you know, they're in the top five, I think, um, you know, but you're looking at, you know Real Madrid, their history uh, in Europe, even 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 Liverpool. You know they got a lot of stick, and I think that's what Jamie Carragher obviously is trying to hit back on that they didn't win the Premier League for so many years. Uh, yeah. uh, so I think they feel a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit bad about it. But um, yeah, you know, again, I, I still think they are. You know, they they are such a such a big club. But but again, they have to win the Champions League, and that's where Pep Guardiola has, has failed. Yeah, Tommy, what do you reckon is more difficult, winning the Premier League? Or winning the Champions League, you know, I, th- I think it's it's more difficult to to win the the Premier League, but uh, you know, it's 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 a tough one. Um, you know, a Premier League is obviously uh, is it thirty eight games? Um, you know, mm. and it's you know you have to produce in all those games. Champions League and and with Man City, you know, they've been good enough to get to that late stage. But has failed, like they did in the you know in the FA Cup against you know, in the semi final this season. In in other sort of games, obviously uh, they won a lot of trophies, but there's all, they've also failed. But in the Champions League, they've been there, but not done it in that moment. Uh, and and that, that's probably that's probably the, the only failure we can put down to them. That you know even against Real Madrid, they they were there. They they should have been in the final, but um, again didn't come through. And that's been their problem in the Champions League. They, they, they should have been in the final. You're right. Well, they should have. They could have. They, you would have expected them to be in the final. But I, I agree. I think it's more difficult to win the Premier League. And because the Premier League, I mean, I, I certainly believe it's the, the toughest league to play in the world and the toughest league to win, right? So Man City have won four out of the five. Mm. So we talk about, you know, are Man City truly great? I mean, I think they've been unbelievable. And, and even to get to a Champions League final and then also get to the semi-final, they're consistently one of the best teams in the world. Yeah, yeah. Yes, they haven't won the Champions League yet. That's the only little yeah. jigs, part of the jigsaw puzzle that's missing. But to say, I, I just think it's almost impossible, you know, to say just because they haven't won the Champions League, they're not regarded as a, as a great, great team. I still think they're an amazing team. And I think they're up there, one of the best teams to ever play in the Premier League. Yeah, but I, I don't I think, think it's more. Yeah, I don't think that's in question at all. I, I think it's just yeah. that you know it, to to be sort of seen as like probably the best team of all time or one of the best teams of all time. I think they 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 gotta you know they gotta win the Champions League. But but again, 
I think it's this silly idea of club, not team. You know, I don't think anyone can deny that as a team, they're top yeah. shelf, this this current group of players. But as a club, Manchester City, you know, are they top tier as a club until they've won the biggest trophy mm-hmm. there is, the European Cup? And and the thing with that is, like, they are so dominant in the league, but the, the thing about the Champions League is that it does level the playing field. You look at PSG, you can sit here saying, or Bayern Munich, let's take Bayern Munich, you can sit here saying they've won 10 in a row, but it's a farmer's league. But the fact that they've turned over Champions Leagues in that time make you stand up and go, oh, no, wait. Well, they did have a chance to put it against the rest of Europe and they beat them in those But moments. you could also argue that they don't have to exert themselves as much domestically and they can save themselves more for the bigger games, right? So the, 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 the European games and they can navigate their way through it, right? And of course, you still need to be good enough, right? And when Bayern yeah. won it uh, 2019, they were, they were good enough. And, and I think certainly one of the top, two, uh, top three teams in, in, in Europe, without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I think that aside, but when you talk about greats, right? So in the last 12 years, Manchester yeah. City is certainly one of the greatest teams to play in, 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 sure. in world football at the moment. For sure. Yes. If you talk about over history, of course, Real Madrid, Barcelona, Liverpool, Man United, of course. But then you can't keep continuously living, you know, the history, no, right? not at all. And, yeah. So Liverpool have won, have won the Premier League for the first time in 30 years, right? Yeah. So... But they've won two Champions League, or three, is it? Two Champions League, yeah, and possibly a third now. So yeah. in, in, in that period of time. So I, I just think it's almost impossible to compare. Mm. It is. Well, that was, a, that was a nice conversation. We digress a little bit, but I do enjoy that. City are Premier League champions. Either way, Liverpool could very well be Champions League winners by this time next week. Let's see. Let's talk about the other end of the table. It would have been great to have Michael Bridges here to talk about <laughs> Leeds United. He's probably still partying. That's probably why he's not on this morning, because Leeds saved themselves at the final hurdle. Even that was a roller coaster. How big is that for Leeds United, Tommy, to stay up? And, and for Burnley to go down, will you miss them? <laughs> do you want my true opinion or not <laughs> true opinion always always nah sadly I won't I won't miss Burnley uh, you know again you know they've, they've been a great addition I think what has been done there what, what Dice did for, for so many years obviously he had to go and, and it didn't work out for, for Burnley um, but Again, Leeds, uh, the, and now we've just been talking about history and, and, and the history that Leeds have um, yeah, for me, there's just more excitement. Um, and again, be, be interesting to see what Marsh does, you know, when, he, when he's now got an off-season to, to try to build his, his own side and, and move forward. Um, I think they, they just did about enough, I think, you know, just to, to, to stay in the league. I think, again, going away. I know all the Leeds fans are, I was talking to, not just Bridgie, but a few others, and they were very pessimistic and, no, uh, we're definitely down, but... But I always thought that they were going to pull something out of the hat and, and that, mm. you know, Brentford didn't have that much to play for on the day, that, that it was going to be the difference. And, and, and it was. Uh, I was still surprised that Newcastle, that Burnley didn't get it done against Newcastle, I must say. Yeah. Well, I, I thought you'd have a bit of a soft spot. I mean, you're part of Tony Pulis's Stoke. You don't see any similarities between <laughs> yeah, that is. side and Sean Dyche's uh, Burnley. Or- yeah, but that, that's looking from the inside. You know, I'm, I'm, sh- I'm sure if I hadn't been at Stoke at that time, I wouldn't see it differently. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about you, Schwartz? Are you happy to say, well, not happy, but I think out of, out of Burnley, uh, let's say Everton, obviously, and Leeds United, would you say Burnley, for the good of, of the Premier League spectacle, it's the one you would have preferred to go down? Yeah, uh, mate. You know what? I, I for me it was, I, I didn't really care. To no. be perfectly honest, with you only only because 
The reason I say that, and it's with the greatest respect to all the teams involved. Even right, if Everton, is, even if Everton went, down. I don't. No, it doesn't bother me because yeah. it's at the end of the day. It's like you're either good enough to stay in the league after 38 games, or you're not. Right. So yeah. the, the league table doesn't lie come the end of the season. So. Burnley beat are the ones that are relegated because they just weren't good enough over the course of the season. If it yeah. were Leeds or if it were Everton, mm. so be it, right? If you and then I think also what makes the, the Premier League so wonderful is that we see upsets all the time throughout the course of the season. We see Burnley win games that they shouldn't have won, right? Mm. We see Leeds win games and put on performances. Everton, you know, beating Chelsea towards the end of the season, the comeback against Palace. We see games that that are, are magical games to watch, right? And, and I think that's what's beauty, the beauty about it is that, okay, the only issue I'd say is now that Man City have won it four out of five years. Yeah. We don't want that to happen and to continue. We don't want it to be like Bayern Munich in, in the Bundesliga or Juve did in, 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 uh, in Serie A. Look, Serie A was probably the most watchable se- uh, season in probably over a decade now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. because of the fact it was so open. And yeah. I think also that's what's so entertaining about the Premier League. The diverse types of teams that are there, clubs that are there, varying histories, and the fact that everyone's reasonably competitive, unless you're Norwich or what for this year. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Over there in England, though, the when you look at the headlines, I don't know how much they're talking about that relegation battle. Does anyone say that Sean Dyche would have potentially saved this side and that that was too early of a trigger to pull? Well, now, now obviously a lot of people are coming out and saying, you know, what a bad decision. I mean, we, yeah. we said it right at the beginning, right? So when he was when he was sacked, we said the same thing. What what are they doing? And then all of a sudden they went on that bit of a, a bit of an upturn. And you thought, hang on, okay, well maybe they know what they're doing, right? Mm-hmm. And then ultimately they're down. Yeah. So yeah, listen, I, I I'll I'll go back to it and say yes. I stick to my original thing that I said. Absolutely madness to get rid of Sean Dyche. What about now Now that Burnley are down Watford and Norwich? I don't know either of you how, how much you know about relegation. I know your, your records in avoiding it was very good. But what about when a club goes down, what happens now? What happens during the offseason? Are, are, are contracts kind of, you know, you talk about big players for those teams. I mean, you know, Schwartz's love child, Maxwell Cornet, comes to mind. He's a fantastic player for Burnley. But there's, there's plenty of them Nick that Pope. play for Nick Pope's another one. Tuck How does it work? Yeah. Do, do your do your contracts almost sometimes allow that if you get relegated you can leave? Do players look to how does it work, Tommy? In your experience, do you know when a, when a team goes down to the championship, what is the next step? Yeah, I, I experienced uh, experienced that at Sunderland. Um, we went down, um, and there, there there was a lot of turmoil there. Um, Mick McCarthy had come in late in the season. We were already sort of relegated at that time, uh, and, it, and it was a bit of a. It was a tough process because they they were in financial trouble. Um, so again, the wage bill had to be cut. Um, I remember going in um, with Mick McCarthy having a sit down, you know, talking through my my plans. Uh, you know, if I wanted to, to stick around, obviously under different circumstances, I had to restructure my contract. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so he wanted a buy in from from the players, and that, so I just remember there was a lot of uncertainty. Um, you know, I, I sort of made it clear that I wanted, uh, you know, again to protect my, t- you know, my my spot in the Danish national team. Um, and again, I felt that I could, you know, obviously still play at at the highest level, so that I would seek, uh, you know, to potentially move if if I could. And I know a lot of other players. Kevin Phillips uh, was was another one, um, you know. So, but yeah, it it wasn't a great time, you know. And everyone is obviously, you know, staff as well. Everyone is is knowing that uh, knows that there there'll be cuts. You know, what is their position going forward? And so, so, you know, now with the, with the payments now, and there's probably more security. 
But uh, it depends on what they have in their contracts as well, players. Because uh, I know it's when I was at Stoke as well, we didn't get relegated, but there was a huge drop off. We had an eighty percent drop off in wages if if the team had gone down. So wow. that so that that changes a lot as well, um, you know, yeah. to to players and their mindsets. So yeah, so it's it's not easy. Well, considering that and considering the three teams that went down, Schwartz, obviously a few big players from Burnley will be leaving. Watford maybe have a couple as well. If you had to. If you had to take your pick now out of Norwich, Watford and Burnley, who's most likely to bounce straight back up to the Premier League next season? Who would you be considering? Um, I just wonder about Norwich. Obviously, they've done it in the last couple of years, right? So, yeah. But I thought the team was previously a lot stronger than what this current crop of players are. And I don't really know whether Dean Smith will be there, whether he's the right man taking him forward. Obviously, he's got a track record at Villa and, and got them in the Premier League and did really well in his first season. I'm not quite sure about Norwich, actually. I have to be honest with you. Um, I, I, I'm kind of thinking Watford will 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 kind of rearrange stuff. You know, they've, I think they've got enough money. They they tend to wheel and deal very well. They tend to have players that they are able to either offload, get a bit of money for, and they generally tend to do that quite well. So, and they're going to be some big changes. I think. Look, I think all three clubs that have gone down, there's going to be some major changes. Mm. Um, and there's going to have to be major changes for all of them for various reasons. The Burnley, they're talking about sixty-five million pound debt that needs to be repaid now. They're talking yeah. about uh, Tarkovsky's out of contract. Nick Pope will probably go more likely. Maxwell Corner. Look, they've got some big assets, right? So the problem with that is once you start selling your best best players, your best assets, obviously you're going to get a decent amount of money in the door. But you you, you know you, you're not going to get necessarily the same sort of quality of players to replace them, right? So that's going to be the biggest problem. Where do Burnley go from here? And they're in a, I think they're in a very precarious position right now. Yeah. Well, the, some of those defenders leaving, the, the biggest rumour is that they're linked to Everton. Everton's been been sniffing at Tarkovsky and a few of those other players to clean up that back line, which has been you know close to woeful at points this season. Tommy, let's talk about Everton and Leeds. They avoided it. And it was huge scenes for both of them. Everton in the second last round of the season, Leeds in the last round of the season. You've played in teams that have avoided relegation. Just how, how good is that? And how much can that spur you on to next season? Is it almost better to just avoid relegation than it is to finish mid-table? We know the Leicester situation. They just avoided it right at the end of the season and they won the league the following year. Now, I'm not saying we're going to have any of that, but is it better to almost go really close and then avoid it? Does that spur you on to build something next season? Yeah, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, you, you experience life best when you're on the edge. And, and I think that's, as a, as a football player, you know, it's about emotion. And, and again, sometimes when you've been that close, you, you sort of, uh, it, 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 kicks you, it kicks you up the backside a little bit. Where, some, you know, I've, I've been in teams where we've been mid-table and it is a little bit of a numbing feeling because there's nothing to get excited about. Uh, you know, the fans are sort of always, you know, it's a little bit sort of negative, you know, Fans always want more, yeah. but but to have that excitement, um, you know, I think it's it, it, as a footballer, it's it's probably you know more exciting because you have something to play for, you know, it, it it's probably as exciting in some ways that, that, than you know that the excitement that Liverpool and, and Man City felt, you know. So again, yeah, <laughs> just escaping it, it, it's it's a great feeling, you know, and and for everyone around a club and and you know can you use that momentum and excitement into the next season you know you would have a good good chance for that Schwartzy were you at Leicester when they avoided relegation yeah I was yeah and, I was and, at that season and could you have ever seen I mean what 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 
did you see a, I guess a change in tone a change a shift when they avoided relegation I mean was that would you say that was the springboard to the following season or not at all no. it was just pure it was a pure coincidence next no, because season because if you think about it right so the team that, that stayed up um, that finished that season and stayed up other than other than Danny Drinkwater who was at the club already mm. Danny Simpson who wasn't a regular um, and then Kante was the only other one all the other players were at the club. They're all yeah. existing players. It wasn't like someone, I mean, okay, um, Christian Fuchs came, played at left back. He was a free sign, a free transfer. They signed him in the summer. Um, I, can't, I can't think of anyone else. Mm. And, and so Shinji Okasaki probably. So right. there weren't major, major signings. Obviously Kante turned out to be one. You know, yeah. Shinji Okasaki turned out to be really successful, but they just slotted in the team really well. So mm. the team just went on this run and a momentum, even that second season. And, and I don't know if you remember, it was quite late into the preseason when, when Ranieri was signed as manager. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he had very little time to work with the team. And <clears throat> when he did take over, he basically just sat back a lot and allowed the coaching staff to go on with it. And then there was just a couple of little tweaks and then Kante came into the side. Danny Drinkwater played in midfield. Danny, Danny Simpson then came in at right back. And then it just went on a run. So, I, I, look, I, I think that's one in a million, right? I, I don't yeah. see any other team. And, and if you look at the league table, how it's finished, a lot of the teams that are down in the bottom around that bottom were there last season as well. Mm. So not too far away. You don't see too often that teams do make that jump up. I, I'm not sure whether Everton have the ability to financially I mean the, the, look I think they still watch this space with that because yeah. supposedly yeah. Burnley Leeds are putting a complaint there are, there are some serious questions to be answered regarding financial fair play with Everton so let's just wait and see what happens I mean it'd be pretty historic if something were to happen if something if the, if the, the Premier League did make a decision on it but you know I, I think I just don't see really anyone else making any major inroads yeah well, watch that space. I mean, it's in the same week that you got a Killian Mbappe getting paid, I think, about a gazillion dollars a week. So financial fair play. I don't think that exists anymore. Something tells me that doesn't really exist anymore, but we'll get to that in a sec. Let's talk some awards. Son, what a player. We all love him. He's a machine. He's the first Asian player to win the Golden Boot in the Premier League. He's had to share it with Mo Salah. I want to get your opinion on this, guys, because this grinds me the wrong way a little bit. Now, there are certain players that we like to call penalty merchants, right? Tommy Sorensen, 23 goals each. Salah had five pens. Son had zero penalties. Should the Golden Boot just go straight to Son, or is it fair to share it when Salah scored five pens? No, it's fair to share it. Um, you know, set plays have a huge part of the game like a lot of pressure and uh, you got to you know you got to respect that as well that's part of the game um, you know that's probably for the purists like you 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 sound like a purist uh, <laughs> and I like that but uh, no I, I quite like uh, you know then you can go into like, obviously Edison and, and Alison you know they shared the clean sheet uh, awards as well you know then you can dive into you know you know whatever saves they made if they saved a penalty should that not count um you know so okay you know we'll we'll, we'll see mm. um yeah, but yeah no I always forgets about the goalkeepers why yeah. does everyone forget about the goalkeepers yeah yeah no so again i i think that's fine i i've got no no issues with it Schwartz, do you agree with that one? yeah I, I don't have a problem with it either because look okay taking a penalty is a tough job right not everyone can do it that's why mm. you have a specialized penalty taker that, i mean look we've seen so many penalty shootouts recently we know how difficult it is. You see it, the pressurized situation. 
I still, t- I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to say it's still a big, big job to score a penalty. So a goal's a goal, and Mo right. Salah scoring, um, I, I think, justifies it. And look, it's great to see Son, Son uh, win the award as well because. He's been phenomenal for so many years now, and he's kind of been in the shadow a little bit of Harry Kane because Harry Kane's yeah. obviously been so phenomenal. So it's great that Son's on top, gets an award, thoroughly deserves it, and has deserved it for for the way he's played the last what I don't know four or five years. He's been incredible yeah. as well. Well, the the awards were a little bit controversial this year. I guess the most of the time they are, but they were a little bit controversial this year. Young Player of the Year Phil Foden yet again, and Player of the Year Kevin De Bruyne. Now, City did win the league, right? Something feels a little bit strange when a City player wins these awards. I think it's because they're so good as a team. No one probably stands out individually that much. A lot of people are saying Mo Salah is one player. Halfway through the season, you would have said he's already got one hand on that trophy because he was remarkable in the first half of the season. Yes, he's dropped off a little bit in the second half for young player of the year a lot of people thought Declan Rice was a shout uh, a lot of people thought may- maybe Mason Mount I think that's a far stretch did you guys agree with that Tommy Sorensen Kevin De Bruyne and Phil Foden winning the two awards any any complaints there? Huh, you know I think it was De Bruyne or, or Salah I think uh, for, for player of the year um, you know sometimes uh, you know the winner takes the spoils again it was decided bef- before but Hmm. You know, <laughs> I'm torn between it. It could have been either. Um, you know, I think Salah, you know, has had a tremendous season. But I'm just a fan of, of De Bruyne. I think, yeah, again, we, we we saw him yesterday. I just love seeing him on the ball. He had 15 goals, eight assists, uh, you know, from midfield. He's still playing. I know City plays this flowing bit of, of football and really with, with no strikers but he still has to pick up the ball you know f- further back uh, than Salah he's, he's more you know defensive minded if we have to say something about it um, you know so uh, yeah I, I like De Bruyne probably that smudge it better so of you know this season so I, I probably think he deserves it What's the reaction been on the ground there Schwartz they're happy with the awards you were shaking your head when I brought it up a few people <laughs> not happy with those no, I was just going to say, I voted on it. So I voted for Declan Rice as under-23 player and I voted for right. Mo Salah because, okay. I, I, look, I'm a massive fan of both Foden and De Bruyne as well. I think they're phenomenal players. I mean, Phil Foden, I thought, at times yesterday was unplayable. Hmm. Um, De Bruyne as well, phenomenal player. Like, I just think, I, I just thought Mo had a better season overall. And if you look at the stats, and yes, Kevin to score that many goals from midfield is remarkable, but his assists weren't as high as you'd expect. Yeah. And Mo's assists were higher yeah. and he scored more goals. So Mo's a winger and he provided a lot more. And previously that's part of the game that people probably criticizing the most about that. Yes, he scored a lot of goals, but didn't provide a lot of assists, right? Because mm-hmm. he was very selfish. When now that's coming to his game. And I, I, I just think all round, I thought Mo was a better player. And I, and I, I think personally, I thought Declan Rice was a shoe in for under 23 player of the year. I, I thought... He was phenomenal. I yeah. thought he was a I totally big reason why West Ham did as well. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Qu- question, Schwarzy, when did you vote for that? How long ago? Uh, beginning of the week. So Monday. Begin- okay. So yeah. earlier this week. So do you yeah. think, take Mo Salah, that first half of the season, if th- if he plays like, so let's say that first half of the season was actually his second half and his second half was his first half. So it was a bit quiet in the first half and then he goes and scores. I think it was 17 goals he scored in the first half of the season. He does that in the second half of the season. He does all those assists. He does those mazy runs. Does that play in your mind? Or, you know, you voted for him anyway, but do you think the voters 
they've got that short-term memory and they're more likely to yeah. vote on a player that has a better second half of the season. But I remember as a player when you used to go and vote for, for player of the year, team of the year, and you'd be sitting there going, oh, who, who did you put left back? Who did you put right back? Yeah. I can't think of life of me think who played that well, you know. And then you talk about players, oh, yeah, geez, he had an unbelievable first six months of the season. Yeah. And you go, yeah, but so-and-so's playing incredible now. And you tended to go with the players that have played really well recently. Right. And, and players get lazy with it as well, right? Yeah. So... I yeah, it, it's tough. It really is, and and I actually think a way to possibly change that is to do a vote at halfway, yeah, and then to do a vote at the end of the season, and then you kind of see what overlaps, who you know who's there, who's not, and kind of work out a system for that to come into play. They've also have slightly changed it. From my understanding, I'm pretty sure the fans, the public, have a chance to vote on Player of the Year as well. Right. So okay. there is there is a proportion of the votes that the fans. I think. I, I, correct me if I'm, hopefully, someone can correct me if I'm wrong. But I, I think the fans have a say as well. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm I'm not going to dive into the Google there. I'm, I'm not too <laughs> sure. But I I would have I would have assumed it was just it was just you guys. But possibly possibly they brought that in. They brought in a lot of awards around the world. Yes. We're going to create our 11 though because I haven't seen I've seen a few like people make up their own Premier League team of the seasons whatever but we're gonna make our Gegenpod team of the season and we're gonna start with the all important position as we know the most important position on the pitch the man who wears the gloves between the sticks who was the best goalkeeper in the Premier League this season Tommy um, I, I think Allison. Uh, for me, I think he. You know, we saw again in in the FA Cup. You know, he's he's been immense. Uh, he's made you know a, a huge difference. I think you could put obviously Edison, Saar. I think as well uh, at Wolves. Mm. I think has had a, a very good season. Yeah, but Allison just again, it's it's a little bit like the Bruno and, and Salah. They you know they ended up obviously with twenty clean sheets each. Um, so so it's a very very tight margin. But uh, yeah, Allison. It, it just like when I look at it, I, you, you look at his body language. You you, you know you look at what def, the, the way defenders are feeding off the goalkeeper. I just get a, a little bit of a better feeling with with Allison on, on that point. Um, you know, so you know, looking from from outside, I th- uh, yeah. If I had to pick, and I was a manager, I would probably pick Allison. Mm, that's what the Brazilian manager picks going into the World Cup. Marcus Schwarzer, Allison. Yeah, you, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I, look, I think both are phenomenal. Like like Tommy was saying there, I think both are phenomenal. They're both different. Um, I mean, that's the beauty, I suppose, for Brazil. Even though they've got two go- two amazing goalkeepers who are slightly different as well. I I, I like Allison all round technically. Yeah. And his game, I like it. I prefer it to Edison. And I'm not saying that's because Edison's a bad goalkeeper. I think Edison's a phenomenal goalkeeper as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just I guess what stands out for Edison is if you know if you were playing a five aside game and you needed the keeper to use his feet, you'd probably pick Edison. But out there on eleven aside, Allison looks safe as a bank. Let's go to our back four. I'll say we'll play a four three three for this one. Let's go to our back four. Let's start with right back. It's a very controversial position in England. I remember when I was growing up, probably the same when you guys were younger. As right back was that position you put the the guy who, who's not very good. It's just you know what, mate, you can play right back today. All of a sudden now, kids grow up wanting to be a right back. It's become the superstar position. Mark Schwartz, who do you put at right back? I, I think it's not as competitive right this moment in time because of injuries throughout the course of the season. So I, I think it's pretty obvious. I think it's Ale- okay. you know Trent Alexander Arnold. I, I think for me he's. He's been outstanding again. Um, right. I, I've loved his development. I, I just think he's been, from such a young age, coming to the team. And it's been, it looks effortless. I know it's not, but it looks effortless. It just looks like he's always been there. And he's been obviously heavily criticised. 
and he's taken on the chin and I think he's improved as a player as well and I think he's matured and he's gone, right, I'll prove you all wrong. And I, I think he's done it again. I think this season he's been phenomenal. When you're talking injuries, you're talking Reese James there? Yeah, yeah. Look, yeah. I, I'm a big fan of Reese James. I've yeah. seen him play a lot. I think he's a really good player as well. Um, but I think... And then also Kyle Walker, of course. He's, he's a yeah. hard one. To, to, he's always on the list, right? And you, talk, you think about England, they've got an incredible number of players that can play that position. But I think Trent has, has been the best out of all of them. Fair enough. Tommy, let's go to our centre-backs, our hard men. Firstly, I don't think you got it. You don't have any uh, disagreements with Alexander-Arnold, all right, Pat? No, no. no any I've got the same. No, I didn't think so. I didn't think so. You looked quite happy with that one. Let's go to centre-backs. You pick one. Schwartz, can pick one. Who, right. who are you taking? <laughs> I'll take the easy one, then. <laughs> uh, I'll take, um, you know, a Van Dyke. Well, why not put him in there? <laughs> niche. A bit of a niche selection. Yeah, I thought, I thought I'll, I'll go out on a limb on that one, but uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's just perfection, isn't it? It's just it, it pisses me off how good he is, isn't it? Uh, Schwartz, who would you put next to him? Um, oh, mate, who would I put next to him? That, that, that's a really tough one because you know what, Man City like Diaz was a, was was an easy one last season. Uh, yeah. Laporte a couple of seasons ago. John Stones, if he's fit, the problem is he's just not been fit enough and regularly. I don't know. I just don't feel like as good as City has been. They haven't necessarily been real big standouts so I'm going to go with someone that obviously I had my run in with him I wasn't a big fan of him when he first showed up but since you know Thomas Tuchel's been at the club he's been I think he's been been absolutely legendary for for Chelsea and and Rudiger have you ever revealed why it is you guys don't like each other is that is that something for offline it's not me I'm telling you now it's my experiences with him and how he's behaved towards me so I've never I've for no I don't understand it. Maybe he doesn't like my face. I don't know. <laughs> it's <just laughs> yeah, it's so one of those strange. ones. Maybe he just looks at me and goes, "I don't like your face, and I'm going to treat you like shit." Maybe I don't know. Like, is it is it is it the German thing? Like, he's German as well. well. No. Is, is there like you a know, I spoke to him there? in German and everything, and he just looked at me honestly. He st- he took a step back and looked me up and down like, "What are you talking to me in German for?" That's how he that's wow. how he came across to me, and I just went, "Okay, all right." And, and but you would have spent you would have spent a lot of time together. It did never got better. No, what do you mean? I never played with him. I was never in the club with him. I'm talking about post. So he came to the club oh, afterwards, right? I was already gone. Right, a long you time, already right? gone. So I've interviewed him. I've interviewed him. I've seen. He's seen me talking to players. No people at the club. He, I don't know. Don't, I don't understand it. I really don't okay. get it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. I've seen Espilicueta run up and jump and hug you. He's 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 a legend, isn't he? He's a great guy. Yeah, no, he's he a great, great guy. guy. And all the guys yeah. I've, I've been there with and worked with and staff and all that, I have yeah. a great relationship with. Yeah. He's just, he's an odd one, man. He does look like a bit of a cooker, let's be real. Good player, but seems like yeah, he's, he's got been, a couple of screws yeah. loose. He's um, been brilliant. He's been yeah. brilliant for them. Yeah. All right. Well, you know what? Credit to you, Marcus Schwartz, because if I didn't like someone, they're not getting in my team, that's for sure. So <laughs> you've chucked him in there. You've put your professional hat on. It's Rudiger and Van Dyke. Let's go to left back, Tommy. Who are you putting? I've, I picked uh, Cancelo. Um, I think. Uh, you know the, what he offers but again you're looking at Robertson I like Cucurella as well from, from Brighton I think he's had a, a good season uh, yeah but Cancelo I, I just love the way he, he plays you know on the ball uh, his passing his, his assist like how he bombs on you know he can shoot from distance he can cut inside uh, I think he's just got so much to his game and it's exciting every time you see him uh, so, so for me yeah I, um, I, I'm putting him in at uh, left back Schwartzy? That's the only one that's controversial for me because... Uh, no, not controversial. The only one I'd challenge right now at this right. moment in time because 
he's been he has been good right but he he, he doesn't really play as a left back does he he mm. plays like as a left midfielder, left winger. Very rarely. Yeah, but you, you can tell. You, you said Rhys James. Like, he's not playing as a left. Like, yeah, right I know. Back. I know. I know. But I, I even on the weekend, he annoyed me. I thought he was actually. I thought he was poor on the weekend. I think his decision making. I'm only going on one game, right? But I, I thought he's. <laughs> I thought his decision making was poor. <laughs> you just, on you the just weekend. said that the voting. You can't go off. off no, <laughs> you can't. You can't. But but when you talk about Robertson, who's been brilliant all season for Liverpool, I just got this thing. I, I for me, it's it's Robertson and and, and Alexander Arnold. I just think they've been brilliant. Mm. Oh, they've been a big well. key to Liverpool's success. Yeah, uh, uh, that's going to have to go down. You know what? When they yeah, make you're going to have to decide. Well, because oh, right? Bridge has uh, been relegated. You know that. So like, his teams have all survived. They've qualified for Europe. Yeah, whatever. One's been promoted and all that sort of stuff. But he's been yeah. relegated himself. He's been relegated to Gegapod B. That's that's yes. starting next season. Uh, Absolutely. That one's, yeah, that one's before this one at 5 a.m., yes. that one, the Gegapod yes. B. Um, yeah, look, that's 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 tough. I probably, I like Joao Cancelo. I like the way he plays. I do agree with you, Schwartz, that Liverpool's success has probably come down to having the two best wingbacks in, in arguably world football. And, you know, if I had to pick Robertson or Trent and I had to just take one, it'd probably be Robertson. I think he's almost close to a perfect left back uh, I'm going to leave that to the Optus Sports Social team to select that one when they, when they when they put out the team I'm going to leave it to them maybe we can get Michael Bridges on the phone and he could pick between the two probably I don't know, probably challenge and bring a third to the table let's go with that back line it's pretty solid either one we pick in the midfield we're going to play three centre mids firstly holding mid I have a feeling I know who you're going to pick here but Mark Schwarzer who's playing deep for us uh, who's playing deep yeah it's I'm probably going to have to say uh, Rodri. Really? I mean, I would have... I, w- I would... Yeah, I, I probably would, you know. I thought I mean, you were going to say the, the young fellow that you voted yeah. for for PFA. Yeah, Declan Rice. Yeah, okay. You're right. Ooh, you, don't oh, have to, oh. you don't have to. No, 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 no. Don't no, be no, bullied. No. I, I completely had a mind blank. No, I had a mind blank. No, no, you're right. You're okay. right. I, I, I'm going to say Declan Rice. Yeah, yeah, okay. absolutely. Yeah, you can. No, you didn't even convince me. That was right. Okay. <laughs> you agree with that, Tommy? Yeah, I had him uh, holding. Yeah, you uh, had him. Yeah. Who'd you have just in front of him? Uh, De Bruyne. I, I put Rodri in there as well. Um, I, I think he, he the, he's his form you know he's got the goals we saw the goal he scored I think his, his role has sort of changed a little bit he's not just that like deep lying he, he also gets forward um, mm. I, I, you know again Fabinho I think as well has, has been brilliant um, you know this this season but uh, I, I got uh, yeah Rodri De Bruyne so you had Rice Rodri De Bruyne yes as your middle three wow yeah. Schwarty any arguments there yeah, but I, w- I wouldn't have yeah I wouldn't have Rice and Rodri, so right. I just I'd go Rice, De Bruyne, um, definitely, and, and then yeah, and then I, I, I I'm gonna. Uh, <laughs> to be fair, we are spoiled for choice. Uh, it, uh, it comes we down. Are, to, uh, we are. Yeah. But you know what? I'm gonna, I'm actually gonna go with Bernardo Silva. Yeah. Okay. Mm. I, so I think he's been outstanding this season. He flies under the radar a little bit, doesn't he? Yeah, I, I think he's been player. absolutely outstanding. So I just wouldn't go with two holding midfielders. That's all. Yeah, mm. yeah, but okay. But you got to understand, Tommy. Tommy played for Stoke. You got to understand. Yeah, true. This is, yeah, it's, true. It's, it's yeah. defensive stability first yeah, yeah. when we're picking a team of the season. You know. <laughs> Understandable. We we, yeah. we only ever had one attacking midfielder ever. <laughs> <laughs> Two that would be out of question. 
Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, again, both good sides. City dominated midfield. It's hard to argue with that. Uh, we'll see what the lads pick for our social post on this one. But let's go now to the front three. This is where it gets interesting. Right wing and left wing. There's two players that come to mind. But who mm. are we picking, gents? No. Yeah, yeah. No, you again, uh, you know, no, Salah. No, no, you got. No, Salah. Salah, obviously. Um, uh, yep, I agree. And then, uh, you know, I've, I've thrown Jared Bowen in there. I have Son. No, yeah, no, I've gone Son down the middle. Uh, again, down you the put, middle, okay. You put Kane, you know, I, it was a toss-up. You know, I, I didn't want to put both Kane and Son in there. So, I, 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 again, I agree with what Swartz has said. I think he's been, you know, he's been overlooked a bit. I think he's had a great season, Son. So, I wanted him in there. But I think okay. Jared Bowen has as well. Like he's got ten goals, yeah. ten mm-hmm. ten assists. So that was a little bit out of left field. It was just so we don't just keep putting. Uh, <laughs> it was a, it like was a li- it was a little bit of a joker. But uh, I think I d- Bowen. I think he he deserves at least to be in the reckoning, at least be on the bench. But I put him in the starting yeah. lineup. Yeah, okay. I'd, I'd have him on the bench. I'd put Harry Kane and 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 Son up front. I, oh. I just Harry Kane again's been there, mate. <laughs> you, I know he didn't start well, but he's Kane. like three quarters of the season he's been outstanding for for Spurs as well. Kane. Yeah, goals. Look at his goal scoring again. 17 goals, yeah. A couple of them yeah. pens. You know me with the pens. <laughs> oh, you just pens, <laughs> You've got this thing about pens, haven't you? I don't like the pens. I don't like oh, the pens. Really? I, I, uh, I, yeah, that's, a, that's, that's another one that's going to be tough because I like, I like your thinking there, Tommy. I like your thinking with Jared Bowen, Son down the middle and Salah out wide. Um, mainly because yeah. I like something a bit different. It excites me. Jared yeah. Bowen's been unbelievable. He has been outstanding. Yeah. I don't like a vanilla front three. So Harry Kane, he's there every year. I like Tommy. I'd, I'd probably well, Mo's vote. every year. Mo's been there every yeah, year. So Mo, what are you Mo's talking been... about? Van Dyke's been there every year. Yeah, but they've been phenomenal this season. Ah. Harry Kane, <laughs> Harry Kane, Kane, especially first half of the season, everyone was criticising him. You remember no, that? Not in first half. The first probably three months of the season, yeah. Right. Yeah, definitely. Look, let's see. Let's see what the lads well, what's select. The difference? What's the difference? Mo hasn't been great the last... Last probably two months of the season, right? No, but but you could say Bowen's been pretty consistent though, from from first game to to the yes, West Ham dropped off a little bit, but he he has been yeah. stepping up for him. I would say cons- he's probably been more consistent in a lesser team as well, right? In a lesser team, so you, you've yeah. got to do something special to score as many goals, have so many assists, and yeah. be up there. And, and and Rice is the same, right? In a, in a yeah. lesser team, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, look, that's a good that's a good side either way. Uh, it'd be it'd be silly if I didn't throw this man under the bus. I just got a text from Michael Bridges. Holy shit, mate! Alarm didn't go off. I just woke up. <laughs> it'd be rude if I didn't throw him under the bus for that. So just just respond and say really get it. <laughs> you got a meeting. I'll just tell him, mate. Please come into Optus. You got a meeting later this afternoon, mate. You've been yeah, really exactly. Good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Uh, Let's talk about some of the best moments of the season. It's all about reminiscing today. It's all about getting emotional about the season that's just finished. Favorite goal of the season. It doesn't have to be the best goal, but what's the goal that stands out to you, either for technique or for how much it meant? 
Tommy, I'll start with you. You know, I, I think uh, a couple of goals stands out for different reasons. I think the, the Mo Salah goal against uh, Manchester City, yeah. you know, where you know he, he goes past uh, Cancelo, uh, I think Laporte as well, and then slots it uh, across Edison. Uh, individual brilliance. Um, I think Arsenal scored a goal, I remember, where Lacazette ended up finishing, but they started right from the back, you know, just one touch all the way through the pitch. You know, just for yeah. a, as a team goal, that was uh, superb. Um, but but there's been there's been so many goals. It depends on what you sort of value. Do you value the the shot from distance in the top corner? Rodri scored an absolute screamer uh, as well. You know, from distance. You know, it's it's a tough one. But I like the Mo Salah goal as a, as an individual. And again, it came in a game against Man City uh, at Anfield uh, at, at, a, at a sort of a big moment. Um, I think that stands out for me. Schwarzy? Son's goal against Norwich was pretty special and make him leading goal scorer for about uh, five minutes before Mo got his <laughs> equaliser. That was that was very special. <laughs> I, I look, you know what? I'm going to go with a really pretty boring goal, but the significance of the goal was, was, out, it was up there. has to okay. be. It's like it's the Aguero moment, right? So right. it's Gundogan's second goal. The importance of it. Yeah. It's the moment. It's like... It's 10 years on from Aguero. They're at home. They're in a, sim- they're in a situation that's not identical, but similar, right? Mm. Um, to come back from 2-0 down, don't remember the last time City came back from 2-0 down. Mm. When, when was the last time City were 2-0 down? That's the, other, that's the other question. And the significance of the game. Yeah. yeah, yeah but it, was that, from two, it was from two yards out. But yeah, no, yeah, 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 <laughs> but, but also going back to, we talked, no, about, right, player, right. we talked right. about player of the season. Who 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 supplied the delivery? You know, De Bruyne. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, no, so, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. No, he was big. He was big at the it moment as well. He was big. Like so, when Gundogan came on, the game lifted. The, the the tempo of the game changed. Everybody grew a bit more in stature. You know when that second goal goal goes in. So when when Villa take a two 0 lead, I remember looking up and just seeing Phil Foden's hair, his face, and he's he's got his hands on his head and he's like looking with astonishment. Yeah. And the stadium, people were like, grown men and women were crying yeah. just in yeah. disbelief. And then obviously the elation afterwards when they score the winner, the way the crowd just went bananas mm. and like all around us and people yeah. were just, other than other than uh, my Optosport uh, uh, director and, uh, and, and, and the assistant, who were both Liverpool fans, absolutely just <laughs> sunk in their seat and were almost crying. <laughs> Everyone else, and I, I had to keep reminding them, don't jump up. If Liverpool score, do not jump up because yeah. we are in some serious trouble if you do. <laughs> Well, you guys are because I'm not involved in this. I'm not involved. No, exactly. Right. You you're on turned, your own. You would have just turned the back and. <laughs> no, I bet you're on your own. I don't know these guys. <laughs> oh, it would have been some stadium, some roller coaster. Oh, what a goal! Yeah. I love, I love Rodri's goal as well. Just pure did you, technique. Did you hear about? Did you hear about um, No Gallagher? Yeah, I saw. I saw his tweets. He was. Uh, he had a few to drink, didn't he? What did he do? At yeah. The so, so you hear the story. So he was celebrating. You know, he, was, he said he was picking up his, his son and passing him around like the trophy and all sorts of stuff. Right. And then when, when the winner went in, so he, he puts his son down, turns around, and, and uh, it's Diaz's dad jumping up and, and everything else. He actually ends up headbutting him. Just Noel out of, Gallagher. Out of hits him, in the, hits him in the lip and the nose. He's got like a cut across his nose. He ended up on his back. He's got oh, blood all over his man. face and he's posted the thing. He's got two black eyes and a cut lip and stitches. And it was, and it was Diaz's dad. 
Jeez. That's that's brilliant. Noah Gallagher's just something else. I saw I saw he he had a stab at Jamie Carragher right after yes. the game saying, Champions of England, you're bell ends. Just ripping straight into him. What do you think about that? It's just like, jeez, mate. Like off the cans. Yeah. They they gotta they gotta cut him off there at the Etihad just after a few oh, just no. Nah, good on him. Good on him for loving football. Um, I wanted to ask you guys for, you know, you talk about big, biggest surprise. I'm going to merge these two into one. Just that surprise player. No one that was in our team of the season, but that surprise player that this season really stood up and you didn't expect that from them. They became one of your favourite players to watch. They might not be a huge household name, but who do you think really stole stole your attention at least? Tommy? You know, again, I, 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 I love a, a goalkeeper. And I, I think Saar, I think for, for me, uh, was, was brilliant. Like now we're obviously, you know, it, it's hard to just get past all of the, the, the top players. But, but I think for me, yeah. you know, with the goalkeeping gloves on, I, I think, you know, that's why I also put him in uh, as a sort of a contender for goalkeeper of the season. I think he's, he's, he's been absolutely brilliant. You know the Cucurella as well. Like, you know, there's there's been some under the radar players. You know, even you know late we got you know Joe Gelhart. I think <laughs> you know I know yeah. you, you know, but but there's just been you know, he's obviously part of sort of the young player contention. Um, but there's been it's been great players. But I'll probably put Sai in there. I think he he's, right. his performance has been underestimated. I think he, he's been brilliant every game and. And I saved him quite a few times. Ramsdale was another one, wasn't he, as well? Schwartzy, who was your your under-the-radar player? Uh, look, I was very much impressed with Aaron Ramsdale. I thought he'd yeah. been excellent. Someone, yeah, yeah. I mentioned it earlier on one of the other podcasts. I, th- I think he's been absolutely brilliant for, for Arsenal. Um, timing was everything. Took his chance and he's been brilliant. He's been great wind-up merchant as well and joining in with the crowd and yeah. all that sort of stuff. I But I, I think... It's for me. It's a real. It's a real toss up between him and Conor Gallagher. I think. Yeah. He yeah, surprised me. I saw him at West Brom. I thought he was good at West Brom. I think he's been absolutely brilliant at Crystal Palace. And I just don't know whether he's going to slot in at Chelsea. I don't know whether he's going to be the right fit for Chelsea. Whether he'll get a chance or not. Maybe. Maybe not. But he's certainly got a big future in the Premier League. If it's not at Chelsea. I think it just just for him, he had that huge, like fantastic first half of the season where he scored. Did he score it was like eight, seven, or eight goals? Just been a little bit more quiet on the, under the radar the second half, I think. Uh, but other than that, I think, yeah, I agree with you. Uh, he probably should move away. He probably should sign with with Crystal Palace, uh, <laughs> you know, for at least yeah. a short term. It's a pretty yeah. good time maybe for him to get into this Chelsea side. Um, but look, before we before we do move on to the games coming on, I wanted to get your word about one more thing when we talk about not Premier League so much. We did see a few of them in the Premier League, but especially in the leagues below. There's plenty of pitch invasions happening. Now, this weekend, we've got the championship final game. It, it is a big one. We saw Sunderland, by the way. Congratulations to you, Tommy Sorensen. We saw Sunderland come back up to the championship you where do. they belong, at least <laughs> at minimum, at minimum. We'd like to see them go even further up. Schwartz, didn't care at all about that game. Um, okay. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Nottingham Forest play Huddersfield for a place in the Premier that's League. That's a big one. Now, this that's is a proper a game. game. What? That's a proper game, Shorty. <laughs> why? Why? you got to tell people that are listening, why is that a proper game? Well, <laughs> you know what? I'm excited about Forest because Forest have been out of, what, 16 years? They've been out of the Premier League. Massive, massive club. I was up there uh, midweek last week to watch them play against Sheffield United, even though they didn't play particularly well. It was a great spectacle. Obviously, the drama penalty shootout was brilliant. The history of the club, you know, look, let's, people forget Nottingham Forest have won the European Cup twice That's in right. a row. Yeah. In, insane to think that compared, you know, considering where they are, what they do. The atmosphere was in was was brilliant. Uh, I haven't, haven't experienced that sort of atmosphere 
for a long, long time. Um, and I think they've got a young, exciting team, good mixture. And I think uh, the manager's done an unbelievable job. All eyes are on Nottingham, I think, because of the history of the club. But Huddersfield, yeah. what, 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 what do they bring to the table? How, how can they go up? What, what's, what's their story? I don't... Look, Huddersfield got a relatively kind of... Uh, well, a pretty pretty basic or pretty, pretty young experience about being in the Premier League. Obviously, not right. so long ago, a couple of years ago, we had Aaron Moy playing there as well. They're in the Premier League. Did really well the first season and then fell away badly the second season. Um, look, it's a club that has done... Again, another one you have to say have been excellent. I think they've sort of come a little bit from nowhere. They've, they finished the season really well, very consistent. We're one of the better teams. Um, I think they got a little bit fortunate to be drawn against Luton because I thought Luton out of the four teams was certainly probably the, the weaker out of the four teams that were in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, I thought Sheffield United and Forest were definitely the two better teams. So I think there was a bit fortunate with, it, with the way that, not the draw, but the positioning and they end up playing against each other. Um, so yeah so look you can't underestimate them I just think it's Nottingham Forest's game to lose I think they've yeah. got a better team better players more exciting players better talents one of the biggest talents to come out of the championship this season as well in Brennan Johnson so um, I think I think uh, the pressure's certainly on Forest to deliver on a big occasion it feels that way they are the bigger club you'd say with everything that they've won and they've scored the most goals in those teams that went to the playoffs they've conceded the least goals of those teams that went to the playoffs so they did seem like the favourite to go up I think most people are going for Nottingham I might say I think most people are going for them but you never know in these games and let's not forget they were last um, yeah. about 10 games in crazy crazy turnaround yeah. from them they've been so so good good morning Michael Bridges good morning what, did, did you get your times wrong mate? I certainly did after staying up and watching Tottenham Hotspur <laughs> qualify for Champions League and celebrating Leeds' survival, mate. The alarm clock didn't go off, so hello. <laughs> I apologise profusely. It's very unprofessional, but I am here because I was not going to miss this opportunity to talk about the teams that I support in Sunderland, Tottenham and Leeds all surviving. And but you know what? Because you're so late, you've missed out. We've already done it. So we've, we've already done right it. On. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're almost oh. finished, mate. So yeah. it's really unlucky. Look, I'll give you 60 seconds on Leeds. How good was that? What's the reaction from Ellen Road? Well, I look old enough as it is, but watching Leeds for 90 minutes on the final day of the season, I've aged 10 more years. It was horrendous. <laughs> it was a roller coaster ride, but I'll, I'll tell you what, I just love the spirit of the players. Um, I love what Jesse Marsh had to say afterwards, and the celebrations were incredible. They, they didn't give in. I didn't actually give them any hope with the goal difference and the fact that, you know, I really struggled every time they've played Brentford away at their Brentford's ground. And they did it. Rafinha again, the main man, and he, the, you know the, he showed a lot of composure from the penalty spot. He went and did. He, did you watch the walk that he did on his knees from the the whole yeah. pitch? Yeah. No, I was yeah. busy. I was busy at the um, the uh, the trophy ceremony, mate. Uh, sorry, oh, so I didn't, yeah, didn't watch that rubbish. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, like, it was just honestly, a special moment. Yeah. Yeah, you must have been bored to watch that, honestly. <laughs> Swartzy, oh, I had the goal rush on Optus Sport app and then I had the um, Leeds game on my iPad and I had the Tottenham game on my phone. That's the luxury we have over here in Australia, unlike oh, you in England. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I'd, I just, I'd, yeah, I'd rather go to the big games, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, gosh, Schwartzy, rubbing it in. Uh, Bridgie, we, we actually, we picked, we, we spoke about it a lot today, but we picked our Premier, we gave you a bit of shit as well, but we, we picked our Premier League team of the season and we had a few stalemates. I'm glad you're here. I'm going to get you to settle them, all right? Ooh. So the, the gentleman picked Allison in goals. It was Trent Alexander-Arnold right back. In the centre of defence, we had Tony Rudiger and Virgil van Dijk. At left back, we were split between Cancelo and Robertson. 
Who you got? Cancelo this season. I wow. knew it was bang on. I knew it was yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> yes, so Tommy, got, Sunderland yeah. Union. He's got, yeah, he's the got problem was, you were too busy watching Hang on, me talk it out with Brentford, right? So <laughs> and he was he was average against uh, he was against Villa. So for me, Robertson scraped it in because Kinsella was average in the last Sorry, I'm season. talking to Claude's because I missed yeah, out. And, and <laughs> <laughs> what we've learned from this morning, Schwarzer's memory is only one game. So. Schwarzer just takes the last two games. You know, Schwarzer was one of the people voting for the PFA Players of the Year and this guy only yeah. remembers the last two weeks so that's 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 what we're dealing with that's what we're dealing with and did uh, you notice there was no hesitation from me as soon as you said the two players whereas I rate Robertson highly but this season Cancelo unbelievable what about in the middle of the park we had two different middle threes uh, I'm going to read them both they were quite similar we had Declan Rice Kevin De Bruyne and Bernardo Silva and then we had Declan Rice Kevin De Bruyne and Rodri so one slightly more defensive one slightly more attacking ah come on I'm the attacker I'm going for the yeah Bernardo Right, you've gone for Bernardo, so you've gone with Team Schwartz on that one. Yeah, uh, there you go, Schwartz. <laughs> one, 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 one. Here we and go. Yet, and now for our front line, we had two different front lines, right? So we had Salah on the right, Son on the left, and Kane up top. Mm-hmm. We also had Salah on the right, Son up the guts, and Bowen on the left. Oh, now this is a tough one. Do you know what it is? I'm going to take the latter because Bowen, Son and Salah have be, all been marvellous. I'm leaving out my love child, Harry Kane. I'm wow. going with Bowen. He only scored more uh, goals and had more of an influence. There, <laughs> there you go. Oh. Yeah. There you go. I'm going for the latter. 2-1, Bridgie. To, I love it. Just to mix it up. There you go, Tommy. Brilliant, brilliant. Well, there you go. That is our Optusport team of the season then. So the social team have something to whip up and let's let's enjoy all the hateful comments that we're going to get on those ones because I I do guarantee there will be a few of those. There's, it is the last one of the season, guys. The last gag and pod of the season. But I do think we're going to be popping up. The guys did say that we are going to be popping up throughout the off-season for some special episodes that might mean special guests. That might mean the women's Euros that are coming up as well because that's live and exclusive on Optusport. We do know that Ellie Carpenter wins her second Women's Champions League medal over the weekend. It's a massive achievement for her, but the club has come out and confirmed that she's done an ACL. That that news came out this morning, so we wish her all the best in her recovery. Matildas will be playing Spain very soon. Obviously, she won't be in action probably for the rest of this year, but we just hope she can get a decent recovery in in time for the World Cup. You look at that runway, she's got about a year to recover, so we wish her all the best. Uh, we do have a UEFA Conference League final. Remember that competition, guys? It's a new one. Roma up against Feyenoord. That one's midweek, and then on the weekend's a big one. Liverpool-Real Madrid in the Champions League final, guys. Quick one. In, let's say, 30 seconds or less, you tell me who's going to win and why. Tommy Sorensen. You know, I think Mourinho's going to pump it up uh, like it's the Champions League. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I think Roma's going to. I think Roma's going to win. It will hear plenty from him, uh, but I'm sure Roma's going to get uh, one over Feyenoord. All right, we got Conference League first. Schwarzy, Roma Feyenoord. Who's winning and why? Yeah, of course Roman's going to win. Of course Jose's going to another win another trophy. And also Tammy Abraham. Uh, was it 17 goals in Serie yeah. A? So Breaks the record of Englishmen. Most, yeah, most Englishmen. Uh, yeah, brought, I mean, mind you, there's only been about Easy two or three. Easy for you to say. Most Englishmen. <laughs> yeah, there's only been about two or three of them that have actually even lasted abroad, isn't it? Because <laughs> they all get homesick. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> That's true. That's true. Uh, look, I think that one, we all hope Roma wins that one. I, I do hope. It'd be great. Jose Mourinho, we know he's going to carry on. Like Tommy said, he's going to make it sound like he's won the Champions League. He's going to say he's won a trophy that none of the other ones have won. Pep Guardiola, Ancelotti, none of you have won the Conference League, have you? Because I win the first one. It's, it's, it's all part of his master plan. But what about that Champions League final, Bridgie? Who's winning it and why? Who is winning it? If Liverpool had won the league, I would have wanted them because I wanted the quadruple. They missed out. Um, can they do the treble? It's going to 
oh, it's just going to be magic, isn't it? I mean, the the array of talent, the way they've all gone about their business this season. I am going to take the Reds. I'm going to stick with the English team. Um, it's going mm. to be, it, it is going to be incredible. If they can handle um, Benzema, if Van Dijk can get him in his pocket, <laughs> Liverpool will win this game. If Benzema manages to get the upper hand in this one, Real Madrid have got a hell of a chance, but it's, it's going to be magic. So is it is it Benzema or Benzema? It doesn't matter. He's a goal scorer. <laughs> no, 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 and he's a I'm Benzema. Just, no, I'm curious. I'm not taking the Mickey. I want to know. What do What do you guys? What do you reckon, Claude? What is it? I say Benzema. What do you say, Thomas? Yeah, Benzema. Okay, three one. Unlucky for you. <laughs> <laughs> really get it again. <laughs> oh God, Tommy. Sorensen. Oh, I wish yeah, I'd never got up. I, you know, <laughs> as exciting I think as as Real Madrid has been and the comebacks uh, they've had this season, it's been incredible. I, I just don't think that uh, they can overcome Liverpool. I think. You know, I just think they're too good. You know, Van Dijk, uh, defensively, they're too strong. Um, so, no, I've got Liverpool in this one. Wow. Mark, is this Karim Benzema's biggest game of his entire career? Because he's he's been good, right? There's no doubt. And he's probably the favourite, you'd think, to win the Ballon d'Or. But is this an opportunity for him to actually enter that next level of strikers, put himself on that level? Because I feel as though if he performs, scores and wins in this game... He takes the Ballon d'Or. He writes his name in history. He's finally the main man. How big of a game is this for him? Yeah, the problem is Ballon d'Or is all of that, isn't it? So winning trophies yeah. makes a big difference as well. Which, yeah. yeah, of course, it should play a part, but it shouldn't. Look, uh, yeah, he's won, but he's won it enough times anyway, right? So he's Yeah, but he's never the been the main man, has he? No, I know, I know. Um, I think, yeah, he'll submit himself as being the one of the best players at the moment, which he already is, but will confirm it even more, I suppose. I, I think it's so hard because, look, I think Lewandowski's been, been insane. I think Mo's been incredible. Yeah. I think there's an argument to say for, for so many of them. If, if Mo goes on and scores and Liverpool win the Champions League as well, there's a, there's a, good, there's a good, I think, case to say that he's one of the best players in the world and has been for, for a number of seasons now as well. Mm. Um, I, I'm going to say I also fancy Liverpool to win it. I hope they right. win it. Of course, Premier League side. Um, there's a fairy tale element of Real Madrid, but the fact is that they've whinged about the fact they missed out on Mbappe. Mm. La Liga's even gotten involved and want to put in a complaint about wages and all that, and they've been doing it for like 30, 50 years, whatever it is, Real Madrid, and now because other people are doing it and they can't compete, they're having a cry about it. Wow. There you go. Yeah. Tell them how you really feel. I love it, Tell them how you really feel, Schwartzy. No, he's all right. He's bang on. Yeah. It, look, that, that's, we didn't even really get much to Mbappe, did we? About how much money. We, we mentioned it earlier in the pod, but it's just outrageous, isn't it? I mean, if it is true, I don't know what they're saying over there. Is it true that he's actually getting decision-making in the club? That's the rumour going around, is that he's going to have decision-making on managers, on sporting directors. Surely that's ridiculous for a player. Yeah, right. no, and, and I think he's come out himself, says he doesn't want to get involved. And there was also, you know, talk about Elvis Marquinhos as the captain. You know, is he's going to be, is Mbappe going to take over? And he sort of said, no, I'm respecting that. So you would think that he stays in his place and just focuses on football. But, you know, a club, you can't sell that out. Like, surely, no. as good as a player as he is, and he's, he's obviously only 23, I think, you know, so, so he's, he's, the, he's the future, but, you know, nobody's bigger than the club, and, and even, even yeah. Mbappe. I think it'll be interesting to see who the next manager's going to be. If it's anything that is affiliated with Mbappe's agent's company, or the agent, then we know that there's decisions being made from... Is he done? From um, Mbappe and his agent. What, what, Zidane would be the 
the biggest yeah. one, right? But he's talked he's talked yourself out of it, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. that's what I heard as well. And I think, the well, I think as well. it's because of what's yeah, what what possibly is in the contract. We we will never know. We will never know. I, I, if I was Mbappe, I'd be happy with just the money. The money's all good, mate. Just give me what, that. What, 100 million up front? Yeah. I think, I, look, I heard, I don't know, this sounds ridiculous. I heard 300 million euros sign on. Sh- surely, nah. surely people are just tossing up numbers no, at this point. I mean, it just sounds ridiculous. I mean, the report that I read was like what Tommy just said there, 100 million. 100 million a season. Uh, that's, that's what I heard. No, 100 million sign on. Oh, sign on. Yeah. That's what I heard. And then and then whatever the wages are as well. No, but it's, look, it's a lot I, of money. I, look, if... if if the club, if, if PSG are that mad to allow him to have those decisions in a club, like I, I, the wages, I don't, for me, that's irrelevant because you would hope that they're paying what they think he's worth and what they can get back in return for having him in the team, right? Having him in the club. He's obviously an incredible asset, right? Yeah. But if they take it that step further and allow him to have all those says, like, I mean, it's madness. And they'll they'll get what they deserve in the end for it, you know, because I, I just think that doesn't work. I don't think that ever works when you allow a player to have a lot of say. I just I, I, I'd like to believe that's not that's not true. Right. And, and ultimately, well, what you're paying for, you're paying for three or four games because they're going to win the league, so that's not an issue. You're paying for that, you know, quarterfinal, semifinal in the Champions League. That that's what you're paying all that money for. Well, well, he performed, didn't he? He performed in the quarterfinals, but the rest of his teammates didn't. So it's kind of one of those, yeah, ones, yeah. isn't it? So yeah, he yeah. did do it, but no one else kind of played with yeah. him, right? Right. Well, I mean, <laughs> there was a funny moment where Benzema during the week, he posted an Instagram story, right? Of Did you see this one? He posted of, of, of Tupac Shakur and his mate that betrayed him. Yes. And uh, apparently that was a link to Killian. It was as soon as the Killian Mbappe news was announced, he posted this. Now, I take that as Benzema is basically calling himself Tupac Shakur, I'm pretty sure, and saying that his friend that betrayed him is Killian Mbappe because he betrayed his uh, offer to join Real Madrid. I, I don't know. It's Karen Benzema. You've got to let him do whatever. If you look at his Instagram, I mean, I'll, I'll commend you if you last more than 60 seconds on there. It's quite ridiculous <laughs> to say the least. But he's a great footballer. He's obviously upset. Let's hope he channels that anger and uses it against Liverpool. I'm going to go against you three. I think Real Madrid are going to win it because I think when I look at those players, I think Luka Modric for 90 minutes, you know, he'd be on ice. I don't reckon he's kicked the ball or, or run in the last two weeks. He'd be ready for this one. Same with Karim Benzema. He'd be on ice, kicking back. And King Carlo Ancelotti, lads, the king of just go out there and play yourself and coach yourselves. That's Carlo Ancelotti. Everyone knows it. That's why we love him. It's going to be a great game. Champions League final. As we said, Conference League final. We've got the playoff to see who's in the Premier League. And then we've got the Socceroos are back with their road to Qatar. I, you know what, it wouldn't be, Mark Schwartz is probably the most controversial figure on the Gag, in Gag and Pod history. It would be unfair if I didn't ask him. We have Jordan on June 1st. We have the UAE on June 7th. If we win that, we have Peru on June 14th. Mark Schwartz, are the soccer is making the World Cup? I hope so. <laughs> oh, diplomatic. <laughs> of course I want, I'm, of course I'm supporting the Socceroos and I hope they do. Absolutely, right. I hope they do. I'm 100% behind them and I hope they qualify. We need them to qualify. So, are we? Okay. Right, I'll leave it there. Yeah, yeah, you haven't. Get, okay, yeah, that's fine. Look, it's going to be great, nonetheless, Schwartz. I'm sure you're going to be watching it all the way from London. It's going to be box office. Let's hope our boys do get to the World Cup. They're going straight into camp this week. There is so much going on in the off season and the women's Euros here on Optus Sport, and basically any news in the world of football, you can catch it here on Optus Sport. It's been an awesome season, guys. Michael Bridges has just walked off. I don't know where he's gone. He's disappeared. So I'm going Mike to drop. say his mic dropped and just walked out. I'm going to say he's got pictures of himself. Look at that. Can you see the picture of himself there? Oh, that is just what, the honestly. most My, Michael Bridges Self-indulged. It turns un- up late. You know, does what he likes. Schwartz's got Pele and Muhammad Ali behind him. And, yep. you know, Michael Bridges has himself. That's just, that's as good honestly. as it gets. Yeah, welcome uh, back, so Bridges. So self-indulged, mate. honestly. Yeah. 
I'm, su- I'm surprised it's not hanging over Pele's shirt. <laughs> True. We're talking about how you got a picture of yourself just there behind you with with your name in case you forgot, Bridget. <laughs> no, just in case someone didn't recognise him. Because when they look at him now and they look at his picture, there's just two different people, right? Uh, honestly, uh. leave us alone. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, gents, it's been an amazing season. I've had a lot of fun. It was my debut season as well. You guys made it uh, pretty fun to wake up nice and early every Tuesday morning and uh, accommodate the I guess the diva Mark Schwartzer who needs to go to bed on time over there in London so thanks so much for an enjoyable season would you like to say any final words to our fans Tommy Sorensen no again made it this far I think it's been all about the fans I think that's what's been outstanding this season we've seen it uh, in these games late so uh, but yeah just uh, great to hear that everyone is is happy with the game Paul we'll keep keep going oh. and keep soldiering on I've never heard Thomas ever say anything nice about the fans. He just says, I don't care what they think. I'll say whatever I like. Bridgie, on the other hand, I mean, he is the most self-promoting. Honestly, he can't get his nose any further up people's backsides supporting his teams, his 25 clubs he's played for. And by the way, Claude's, the pleasure's all been yours. <laughs> the game wow. the game is nothing without the fans, Mark Sports. Never forget that when you're sitting in your multi-million pound house with the East Wing and the West Wing. It's all about the fans. And I want to say thank you very much. Yeah, but we've had team. restrictions during COVID. We've been locked down. And when we've come out, I just think it's been incredible to witness what has gone on around the world, having the fans back. Because without them, it is nothing. So thank you once again. It's been a great season. I look forward to doing it all again and I apologise profusely for being late. It's not he sounds, acceptable. He sounds like he's doing like a Live Aid concert or something <laughs> like that, honestly. <laughs> well, we have two gentlemen and we have a villain in the form of Mark Schwartzer here, but that's okay. I'm sure the Australian public will forgive you for some of those penalty saves. Guys, thanks so much for joining us here on the Gagan Pod. As always, it's been an absolute pleasure. Probably won't have to wait all the way until next season because, as I said, we'll be popping up a few more times throughout the off-season. But enjoy the break, guys, and we'll see you next time.